Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Folks, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. I'm sure more includes hockey, but you better, you better be sure that more includes football. And football season is ramping up. I know this is a hockey podcast, but you know what? Love putting some action on some football. Go Birds! Big year for Jalen Hurts. Just every week. A Jalen Hurts touchdown bet. Every time, okay? That's put it in the book. It's my lock of the week there, folks. Let me tell you. Please gamble responsibly. Please, for the love of God. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, V as in Victor, at the end there, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Quigs, I'm not even sure. There's a number of things I was thinking about starting about, starting the show off with, starting about. That's a great start right there. Just using terrible, terrible grammar. Brucey's barking because I've been by his side all day. He's had a hell of a week with me. But I'm fired up right now because the Philadelphia Phillies just had a no friggin' hitter. And I know you don't care about baseball, but I am pretty psyched to see that. And it's a brand new pitcher that they just got on the team, Michael Lorenzen. And it's, it's so cool. No hitters are just like... It's such an impossible thing to think about. So, Steve, I'm not trying to be a party pooper or anything like that, anything along those lines. But, you know, good for Michael Lorenzen. I'm happy for him. But I just want to make it known that I, too, have also never allowed a hit at Citizens Bank Park. (laughs) Good for you. So There you go. So, like, me, me personally, Steve... I'm not impressed. I, I don't have, impress you much. This this is nothing new to me. As as Shania Twain would say, doesn't impress me much. I often think about you and Shania Twain in the same exact vein. I mean, what's the difference? We're both fucking fabulous, Steve. It's there you go. Hey <laughs> <laughs> man, you feel like a woman. Uh, sometimes I feel like a woman, Steve. Sometimes, sometimes there you go. No, I I can't. <laughs> A no-hitter is one of those things in sports that just seems impossible. It, it's like, you know, a hockey shutout's tough. And I, I don't know what the football... Like, football... A shutout in any sport is tough. Basketball, I don't even know what the shutout equivalent is. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there <laughs> is one. But for baseball, the perfect game no-hitter is just one of the coolest things you can pull off in sports. And 
it's I've had the pleasure of seeing a couple guys pull it out in my lifetime for the Phillies. Cole Hamels did it. Roy Halladay did it. Cliff Lee. Uh, Cliff, no, Cliff Lee had the one hitter in his first start. I think he came very close to the no hitter, but he didn't quite get it. And I saw the, the Roy Halladay perfect game is still one of the greatest Philly sports nights of my life because that coincided with Flyers Blackhawks game one back in 2010. And I went out to McGillan's, which I don't do you know McGillan's? I'm not sure I've been there. So McGillan's is one of the oldest bars in the U.S. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's that's where the infamous Claude Giroux, thank God I'm a uh, country boy, karaoke happened, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, okay, it is. yes, I do know about it. McGillan's is kind of an infamous shit show bar. It's a great time in Philly. And McGillan, I went to McGillan's for game one of the Stanley Cup final, and a, a perfect game just happened to happen that night. The Flyers lost, I think, a tight one that night. I don't even know if they put They might have gotten shut out that night. But... It, what was the score of that game? I guess I should look that up at some point, but who cares? They lost and they didn't win the series. Fuck it. Roy Halladay threw a perfect game. And it was, it was such a funny night because we were there laser focused on the flyers. And then I looked at my phone and I noticed that there were a bunch of zeros. And the thing about a baseball perfect game is it's a very superstitious sport. So you don't want to jinx it. So you can't say shit about it. So I just started passing like my, my screen to people saying, look at this. And they go, that's nice. And all they're winning. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Take a look at this. Look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at this. And I've never quite seen it, an event where like the TV slowly started to change, but the TV slowly started to change over to the Phillies game. Not every one of them. It was probably 50, 50 flyers Phillies. Cause it's game one of the Stanley cup freaking final. And the flyers hadn't been there since 97. So you better believe that's staying on at least half the TVs, but I mean, the perfect game was so cool. I mean, like, is there what? I don't know if there is a hockey equivalent for a perfect game. So I don't think there is because like shutouts happen a lot in the yeah. NHL. Like, and I, I mean, you could say if someone got like a 60 something save shutout, that's incredible. But I wouldn't quite put that on like, you know, I wouldn't put that in perfect game ter- territory. Now, I will say this. What is more impressive to you, a perfect game in baseball or an 81-point game like Kobe Bryant had? It's an interesting question. I mean, an 81-point game is definitely impressive. I don't know. I think the perfect game, and there's just something about the word perfect with it that right. really sticks with me. And it just seems it seems impossible because... Major league hitters are are so good and pitchers are so good, but just that having to go up there and having that pressure of having to be perfect and having to just not make a mistake because like, again, this is a terrible, terrible comparison, but I'm going to make it anyway. But like I choke even when I'm having a pretty good game in bowling, right? Like I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm on a streak and then I'll get my head a little bit about how well I'm doing and then I'll just start screwing up. So I can't even imagine being an athlete at the highest level of your sport. And then you have basically like, it's the only real occasion you have for perfection in a sport. And that's got to fuck with your head big time. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I'm thinking about it and how often, like we perfect games don't have to happen often. Like we see them what? Like once every few years maybe once every Um, few years yeah 
Yeah. When I mean, how often do we see an eighty-point basketball performance? I mean, you don't Kobe's see it the often. first, but he like that's the first time a player has done that since Will, right? Like, no, yeah, no one has ever <laughs> scored more than than. Um, 81 points in a single game, except for Wilt Chamberlain when he scored a hundred in 1962. But that's like, that's different. Like that was a different time in basketball. And Wilt was, I think he was like five feet taller than everybody else on the court. Yeah. Like it wasn't fair. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was not fair. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't think about that Kobe game very often. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't either. But then again, I'm, I'm just not a, I'm not a huge basketball guy. Like I'm a, right. I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm mainly, basketball guy. Yeah. I'm mainly a hockey and football guy, but yeah. like, see, I came up, I came up as a hockey and baseball guy and baseball was my first like real big sports crush. Like when I was a little kid, my dad would take me to Phillies games all the time. So like the Phillies were like my first real big sports love. And mm-hmm. For me, like, a baseball perfect game is just such a cool event. And it sucks to be on the other end of it. I mean, the Phillies got no hit in the World Series, and it was absolutely horrible. Uh, But, like, it just... There's just something about the pressure buildup in baseball. The tension that builds up between pitches that's so glorious. Like, that's when baseball's at its best, when you have this just tension filling the air between each pitch. And... That's, I think, the great thing, the beauty of the the perfect game. And I think you just have to have this, these iron will, this iron will to get it done. And I, it's it's really impressive. And it's impressive from a guy that, honestly, if I'm being totally freaking honest with you, before the Phillies traded for him, I barely had a clue who Michael Lorenzen was. I had heard right. the name, but, like, I, I didn't really care. And I thought, oh, that was a nice pickup. And he's had an unbelievable start to his Phillies career. It's just like, this is so cool. Well, you bring up an interesting point about like how in baseball you have like that tension building as the game goes on and on. And in basketball, you don't have quite tension, but you do have a buildup as the game goes on when a player is having just, is just going into absolute sicko mode in a game. Like, like that Kobe game, I remember everyone gathering around the TV and he just like every time he made a basket, like he just couldn't miss. And every time he made a shot, it, everyone just like kept getting more crazy and more crazy. And like the excitement kept building. It wasn't so much tension. It was excitement. And just the cheers got louder with each basket. And then it was like every time in like the fourth quarter, whenever he made a basket, everyone's just like pulling their hair out and doing somersaults off the cow. Like just crazy shit. You know what I mean? And so it's a different type of satisfaction and a different type of sensation when like both of those things are taking place throughout the, over the course of the game. But like, I, I think they are weirdly enough comparable, if that makes okay. sense. Okay. That's fair. I th- yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I don't know about saying like one is superior to the other, but yeah, I can certainly no, no, no. see the, the argument. Comparable. That, like, yeah. They're comparable. Yeah. Because like, they're both so rare, especially like, especially, I, I and again, I'm I'm comparing a perfect game to one performance in the history of basketball. But still, like I like if I had to put them side by side and say which one's more impressive, I would say Kobe because it has never happened since that happened and it's been 20 years almost, you know. I f- I find 
has to be a weird comparison, but it's weird. I think, but I think that the problem is like there isn't really too much of an equivalent to a perfect game in other yeah. sports. Like, and I think that's one of the unique things about baseball because it, it is the only game where you can literally have perfection and for it to be such a special moment. I'm gonna. How many games have there been? So how many? And again, this was a no hitter, not a perfect game. Yeah, not a perfect. Um, game. How many perfect games in? MLB history and again there's you know a decent amount but it just it it always feels special there's 24 perfect games in MLB history yeah they're rare not that that is it is pretty rare considering this is a sport that's been going on since the 1800s and that's kind of why I'm saying like that's kind of why like I'm making this comparison it's just the fact like when an NBA player in basketball scores 80 points in a game that is even more rare than when there's a perfect game in baseball, if that makes sense. And I know it's apples and oranges. It's, it's, you can't really compare it. But for argument's sake and to be devil's advocate, I am. Um, but in the, I, again, I don't want to take credit away. This is incredible. What Lorenzen did tonight is insane. No hitters. I mean, you're lucky to see. I mean, how many happen per season? Like a couple? Maybe. 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 You know, it's, it, I. I can remember almost every pitcher of my lifetime that's thrown a no-hitter for the Phillies. And there's some weird ones in there. Terry Mulholland's one of them, who's a guy from the early 90s. Uh, Kevin Millwood is one of them. And Kevin Millwood was a guy who pitched for the Phillies about 20 years ago. And he wasn't very good. He pitched for the Braves before the Phillies. And I remember going like, uh, is this a guy we stole away or does he suck? And he kind of sucked a little bit, but he threw a no hitter and that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's some weird names for sure. But then you've got Roy Halladay, you've got Cole Hamels. Those are some great names. And right. I don't know where Michael Lorenzen's going to fall, but it was it was cool to see a, a, a really great sports thing right before the show tonight. Because, frankly, I barely knew what we were going to talk about. I mean, uh, we had nothing planned tonight. The stuff on my list, I was going to talk about my week with Brucey Boy because <laughs> it's another monumental week for this young puppy's life, the fly purr puppy. And so Sunday night, Bruce decided I'm going to be a real jerk and eat a sock. As one does. As one does. He ate a and sock. And there he is in the background. He's, there he is in the background. He heard his name. He's like, yeah. it's me, Bruce. I'm the problem. He's it's like, me. He's like, you're goddamn right. I ate that sock. He ate that sock and... It's, it was very stressful. We had to go to the pet ER. They had to make him puke. Uh, it was a fun time, let me tell you. But uh, I also enjoyed, when was this? This happened a couple of days ago. Or I'm going to play some audio for you right now from my, my ring camera, if it'll so allow. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> You're such an asshole, you know? <laughs> what happened was that what he was ran that? What he, he ran into my office and i have like a wired ring camera out my back window and yeah. he just like went immediately to my mess of wires under my desk and started messing around and knocked over the camera so you hear the whole like the no, whole, no, oh, no 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 <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and uh yeah so he did that we got the we haven't been able to walk this little guy because he didn't have all his shots and everything. And he, uh, he's been kind of going crazy cooped up. You inside. said walk, Steve. He heard you say walk. <laughs> he, you know? he finally understands that that's a fun yeah. thing to do. And this is his second day of walking today. 
and we went and I took him to, we have a dog park very close to our house and he, uh, we went over there and it was just us and we played fetch a little bit and everything. And then I'm like, I wonder if like a dog or two will show up. And then an entire doggy daycare showed up. So like 20 dogs came roaming in. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> great. I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, this could be bad. But we've been getting him walked on the days I have to go into the office. And mm-hmm. it was the same service that that walks him that came over. So the the woman that's been walking him was one of the people. And she came over and was like, oh, is that Bruce? And it's like, yeah, all right. And he felt very comfortable. <laughs> he stayed by her her side. He was terrified at first. Like for the first minute, he was getting cornered and his tail was between his yeah. legs. And he's like, I'm scared. I don't like this. And Every then, dog is like that. Like Teddy yeah. was like that. Like Teddy, my golden retriever. He was like that when I talk, when I took him to the dog park at first. Everyone was ganging up on him because he was the new guy and his, he was terrified. But after two seconds, he was like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually a really good time. Yes. And that's exactly how this went. It was like two seconds. He's just running around. His tail's up. He's happy. He did hang around his his buddy, the dog walker, a little bit. And he kind of like clung to her side. Not my side. I was a little jealous. But uh, <laughs> he, he clung to her side. And no, it was fun. It's, it's good to see him getting out in the world and meeting people. I got to see if he'll be ready to wear a gritty costume for the next gritty 5k dogs are like people in social settings. Sometimes when they're nude, like being social, they have to build confidence. And once they build that, it takes them two seconds to build confidence and get used to being around other dogs. And like, yeah, that's probably all that was going on. So yeah, glad he glad he adjusted apparently quite well to the dog park. Very well. He did great. It takes dogs two seconds to adjust to social situations. It takes me two beers. It takes me forever. It just, <laughs> I will see. I find I'm you just very approachable in these awkward. situations, whereas, like, I it definitely takes me a little bit of that liquid courage to get into it. I am all right. So I'm really good in social settings, like, like externally. I think people think that I'm good, but like internally, I'm screaming and wanting to die. Oh, I know that feeling. I, know I that like very well. I like I I think I like show it off like oh whatever but like internally I'm like oh my god I'm so dumb no one likes me why am I here oh no I that my the constant voice in my head so I relate to you very much and that's why we're friends right there and yeah. I <laughs> I actually had uh, I love I, mental illness Steve it's fantastic let me tell you I had an an interview with somebody the other day for an internal position in my company and they had said something along the lines of like, you seem like a really outgoing guy. And this position's a little bit more like internal, like not so outgoing. Will you be able to handle that? I'm like, my friend, let me tell you, I would love to talk <laughs> to nobody if I could. Yeah, really. I was talking to someone the other day and uh, we were talking about like what part of the city I live. And they were like, oh, what? Uh... I didn't know this person very well. They're like, oh, where do you live in that neighborhood? And I was like, I don't know. I can't remember the name of my apartment complex. (laughs) That's not normal. Like I should know where the hell I live. And I do, but I was under so such immense pressure because I was talking to someone who's unfamiliar. I I was just like, "Uh, where do I live? What planet is this? What is even happening? What is anything? How did I get here? What is? What is living? What is Steve? (laughs) What is, is the question 
that everybody is asking. Many people are asking this. And what is this offseason for the Philadelphia Flyers? Really, what is it? Because they just made a transaction today, and I was very excited when I initially saw it on the Instagram. And I, I saw, ooh, trade alert. I'm like, what did they do? Very excited. And they traded for Massimo Rizzo, who is from the Carolina Hurricanes. Philadelphia receives Massimo Rizzo. Am I saying that right? Is it Massimo? Massimo? It might be Massimo. Massimo Massimo. I'm not Massey, sure. Massey. I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Well, it's a great deal of mass. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's cultivating mass. Yes. Well, they got the the Rizzo, the the, the Rizzo rat over there, and they also received the 2025 fifth round pick, and Carolina received David Cache, and the Cache money millionaires are going to be very upset. And they got his signing rights. Like, who really cares about any of this? But apparently, the thing is, this was the framework for the TDA trade that was supposed to go down between the Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes that didn't end up happening. And then the Flyers bought him out, and then he signed with Carolina. So, ultimately, this seems like a whole lot of circumvention of the salary cap that the NHL said, you can't make this trade because of circumvention of the salary cap. Weird, right? So weird. It's, it's, it's I so don't understand stupid. the NHL. It's dumb. The whole thing is dumb. like the initial trade shouldn't have been shouldn't have been nixed. It should have just been a lot. Like, I don't know what the NHL thought it was doing. It really was just bizarre and a waste of everybody's time. It, it was. But you know what? They got it done in the most convoluted way possible. And now Massimo Massimo Rizzo is a flyer. And Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't thought about David Kasha in a couple of years. <laughs> like I forgot all about him. He's been playing hundred percent. He's he has been playing. Well, he, so he's been playing in Czechia for the last two seasons. And it's like, he's not even under contract. They just own his rights. So they just like, it, it was a swap of players who don't even have an NHL contract right now. So it's kind of funny. Um, but I, I mean, if you look at it, like the Flyers get a fifth round pick, that's kind of cool. I mean, I guess. And then they get this Rizzo guy who was drafted in the seventh round in 2019 by Carolina. Um, but he's put together a pretty solid collegiate career. Like he helped lead, uh, the Denver pioneers to, um, a national championship, uh, I think in 2022, um, so that's pretty cool. And it should be noted that he was on that. Who, who else was on that team with him? None other than fellow Flyers prospect, Bobby Brink. So the Flyers clearly got a ton of good looks at Rizzo. They, they, they've seen him play a lot of hockey and because they obviously were watching Bobby Brink closely at Denver. So they're pretty familiar with, with Rizzo and I'm sure they probably are. You know, they probably think they can get something out of him as an NHL player. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if he's going back to college next season. I don't know when he'll play for the Flyers, but not a bad, not a bad move. Like yeah. he, he put together a pretty solid season last year for uh, Denver. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can, uh, if he can, you know, amount to anything in the NHL. Not a bad, not a bad trade. I, I would give it a solid grade. Better than getting absolutely nothing for TDA ultimately. I mean, 
simply they, removing they pretty, TD, simply simply removing Tony D'Angelo from the roster is a significant win for the Flyers. So it's true. It's, yeah. Yes, it, it very much is. Big win. It absolutely yeah. is. Which the whole thing is such a travesty if you look at just all the back and forth with all of the trading that went on with that entire transaction because Chuck yeah. Fletcher just gave up too much to get him in the first place, signed him to a terrible contract, and then and again, could have been worse. I fully admit it could have been worse. But And then added it's a complete mess, but it's all over. We don't have to think about it anymore. Bye bye now. It's all over. What's that? Uh, what's that one song by the Doors where Jim Morrison's like, "It's all over." Is it the end? The war is over. Um, no, it's not the end. It's uh, uh yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, but it's sure. all over, Steve. It's all, it's all over. over. That's it. That's now it. the all this. Over. This is basically like the other part of the trade that didn't get completed, essentially, is what it is. So Yeah. No mention to be found. Yeah, oh, of course not. Why I mean, yeah, why would you even mention that, Steve? Like Is it Riders on the Storm? No, it's not Riders on the Storm. I can't remember. Mm. I cannot remember. It's it's one of their like it's the kind of song where like I know which one it is. I just can't remember yeah. like exactly which one it is. Like no one knows that song unless you're like a like significant Doors fan. Right, and who is these tastes? I I, I fucking love the Doors, um, but you know they, get, they yeah, had some, they had some bangers. Roadhouse Blues, quite... by the way, is my my favorite to this day. Oh, I like Peace Frog. Peace Frog. Blood in the streets in the town of New Haven. There you go. Blood stains the roofs in the palm trees of Venice. You're truly in a summer flight at this point if we're we're singing deep cuts. <laughs> we're just singing the doors. <laughs> yeah, we're just singing yeah. the doors. Wait, you've never heard Peace Frog by the Doors? I probably have heard it, but I don't recall it that much off my head, the top of my head. Okay, I'm like very sure that was a big Doors song. Um It is and certainly not in the top 5 on Spotify, I will tell you that. It, well, it's not. It, it shouldn't be, but it was I from what I understand, it was Can a you name the top five song. Doors songs on Spotify? Uh, break On Through to the Other Side, Light My Fire. Um, so, Break On Through is two, Light My Fire is five. Riders on the Storm. Three. Um, two more. Oh, um, oh, oh. Uh, touch Me? No. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. Love me two times. Not, not on there. Wow. The end. Nope. Okay. D- that would have been wild if the end was up there. Um, it would have been. It's a hell of a song. It's a wild. It's not exactly song, easy villain. listening. No, that's a tough song to Father! listen. Father. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, Roadhouse okay. Blues. Would that be up Roadhouse there? Blues? Is number four. Okay. Uh, gonna have myself a Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh, God. Uh, L.A. Woman? Nope. Which is shocking, actually. L.A. Woman, I would have expected in the top five easy. People Are Strange? People Are Strange is number one. What? Isn't that crazy? Why is it number one? I don't know. I don't... That's... I mean, it is... My only association here for, like... I know it was, it's been on a couple of movie soundtracks, specifically The Lost Boys is the one I think of. But like, 
The Lost Boys isn't exactly the most famous film of all time, and certainly right. not propelling it to number one, but I, I don't know. Maybe it was... I, who knows? Oh, that's weird. It is very weird. Because it is absolutely not. It yeah. should not be up there. People okay, so, strange. I so thought I thought that um, Peace Frog by The Doors was on the video game, was featured on the soundtrack of uh, Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Oh, that's a good cut right there. It's It's not. I thought it was. What is, is Break Up Through to the Other Side. Okay. Which I, I knew that was on there, but I thought Peace Frog was there too. Let's see. Let's see if I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> Peace Frog. I can't believe Peace Frog came yeah, Listen to Peace Frog. That's made like, my entire not, day. Later on today, listen to Peace Frog, and I'm sure you'll be like, oh shit, I've definitely heard this. I'm before. sure I've heard it. Like there's a lot of songs that I've I've heard and I have absolutely no idea what the titles are. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's just kinda how music goes. Ah, here we go. So, uh, Peace Frog was on Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Oh, okay, okay. There we go. Which was like the beginning of the end for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But Good game, games. but after that, it, yeah, yeah. Good game, yeah. but after that, it was just like, okay. I played a little bit of the remaster of, was it Tony Hawk? Oh, Tony Hawk's, uh, yeah, that was great. I loved yeah. it. They did a really good job with it. I, I played it for a little bit. I wasn't, I was more obsessed with it back when I had a PS2 and there were less options to be found. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was kind of fun because you could, um, uh, you could like, I liked the online competitive where you could like just put together insane, like 10 million point combos, like crazy shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I I enjoyed it. I thought I, the their recreations of the old um, skate parks from the g- original games were unbelievable. I thought. They oh were yeah, great. definitely. Yeah, they did a great job with that. I think it's my my attention span, and also I don't know. I played. I was like a little later to the game with Tony Hawk, and I think maybe the style of gameplay wasn't computing as well with me nowadays as it did back then. I have no yeah. idea why it was, but yeah, I enjoyed it a little bit. But then it just kind of moved on with my day. Yeah, solid. Yeah. I understand that. I solid, pretty yeah. understandable. Yeah, I got. It I for remember free the, uh, the PlayStation Plus store. So that was. I remember I that, that game. That game, the remaster of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, that came out like, I think like a week or two before The Last of Us Part Two. So like, I played that, and then when The Last of Us Part Two came out, I was like, oh, like I I just completely forgot about the remake of Tony Hawk's. <laughs> That's like that didn't even happen. So. Those fireworks from the Phillies game in the background? I think they are. Go Phils. Go Phils. Go Fightins. Talk about the Fightins. Said. I said. Actually had to, said. I had to give some quick props to the Flyers Twitter and social media team here, who we don't always give props to. But when they made that trade for, for Rizzo today, they did a Billy Madison Baruto joke. And I really that was appreciated good. that. That was really good. I loved that. The Baruto scene is one that, that mildly pains me in Billy Madison because I was absolutely horrible with cursive to this day, just an atrocity. I don't, thankfully you don't have to write anything in cursive these days. It's 2023. If you're writing in cursive, like you the hell is wrong with you? Business. Like what is wrong with you? <laughs> you, you are either just a weirdo 
or you're 98 years old. <laughs> My oh, signature that's... is basically morphed into like a doctor's signature where it's just like two lines. I might as well just sign with an X at this point. I, mine is I try and make a clear R and then squiggles after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like the S. And oh, actually, the... no. You know what I'm doing? I'm just, I'm beyond the whole like writing out my full name. I just do R and then I try and make what loosely looks like a Q. So it's just RQ as yeah, my signature. Yeah. I kind of do the same thing. It's just like my first and last initial and yeah. a couple lines. And like, I remember like, I don't know. Like some people say, I need your signature. And that's your full signature, your full name and in, in like, you know, first and last. I'm just like, you're not going to be able to read it. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't know. It's stupid. I had to crack up to during the home buying process. Like how many things I had to e-sign. And the e-signature just basically ended up being the computer writing out my name a little squiggly. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, like I, the signature was me clicking on things saying, yes, I've signed this and I fully read it. Let me believe you. Like, it's just like the terms and conditions when you sign up for a new device. No, you don't. Who reads that? Not me. No, psychos. Psychos read that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have signed away my life, apparently. Good night and good hockey. Good night. Yeah. Good, good, good cast, Steve. Yeah, it's been a See fun run. Week. See you next week. There we go. No, we actually have some huge news to talk about. It's just not exactly Flyers related. I mean, it's technically kind of Flyers related. It's Pennsylvania related. It's Pennsylvania related, yeah. Yeah, across the state. Big deal across the state. And I don't know if it's good for the team that made the deal. I think we're going to have a lot of debate about that. I'm excited about that. Eric Carlson was traded yet again. And he was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a three-way deal. And this is the kind of trade that if this had happened five years ago, I might have freaked out because Eric Carlson right. was phenomenal. And Eric Carlson's still very, very good. Don't get me wrong. but He's literally coming off one of the greatest offensive seasons we've ever seen from an NHL defenseman. Yeah. But my confidence in him being able to continue doing that ain't great. Right. And my confidence in the Penguins mustering enough of an effort to make another cup run ain't great but let's let's break down the steal real quick and then we'll get to the discussion so montreal decided to enter the chat on this for some reason and whatever reason i don't know but they did so in this case montreal receives jeff petrie is petrie 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 jeff petrie Petrie and his red eyes Yes, they are very, very red for some reason. Uh, they also got Casey DeSmith, Nathan Lagare. I'm going with that. I don't care if it's otherwise. And a 2025 second round pick. Pittsburgh Penguins received from the San Jose Sharks, Eric Carlson. 1.5 retained. 13. Who cares about money? I don't care at all. Dylan uh, all right, Well, okay. I, I do want to say 1.5 million retained is still 10 million against the Penguins cap. So. Yes, and that's, <laughs> that's a, a team lot. that's already paying Sidney Crosby a nice chunk of change. Could be more. Don't get me wrong. Could be more, but still a nice chunk of change. And Malkin and Latang, who I know you're a big fan of. Huge Latang fan. I don't know what you're talking about. Christopher Latang, Doc. Christopher Latang. Uh, let me let me just interject real fast. Um, between you know Malkin, Crosby, Latang, Carlson, the Penguins this coming season for the 2023-24 season have over $37 million invested in players above the age of 33. Oh, wow. That's a lot of money for old people. 
one could say it's been a while since those guys were young men. It's been a while. Been a while. But yeah, so the the San Jose Sharks uh, sent Pittsburgh Eric Carlson, Dylan Hamaluk. Let's just go with that. A 2026 third round pick. And then for Montreal, they got Rim, not Tyler Pitlick. I, always okay. get, I, I still can't believe there's a second Pitlick. There's a second liquor of pits. The How are they getting away with this, Steve? How do they keep getting away with this? How do they keep getting away with just licking people's pits? You know, it's a, just a complete travesty here. And then, so I can Is there no law enforcement out there, Steve? <laughs> it's just, will somebody please think of the children? That's what I want to know. Just running around in public, causing all this ruckus, licking people's pits. Just, just a menace. An absolute menace. All right, and back on track. San Jose here received from Montreal Mike Hoffman. <laughs> Mike Hoffman, <laughs> 4.5 mil. How about that? From Pittsburgh, Mikhail Granlund and Jan Ruta. Granlund's actually a big piece departing here for Pittsburgh because paying well, 5 he, mil for Mikhail Granlund is kind of nuts. He, yeah, he wasn't exactly good last season, so unloading him is pretty, uh, pretty nifty, I would say. Yeah, it's a nifty gifty right there. Uh, the Sharks also get a 2024 first round pick that is conditional. It is top 10 protected. And, you know, I, I have a feeling it won't be a top tenner. So they'll probably be giving up that first round pick. Yeah. So for the Penguins, this is certainly a go for it move. And really, they didn't have much of a choice. It was one of the things that made Ron Hextall's tenure there so bizarre and I, I still don't understand to this day why they brought Ron Hextall in if they were going to keep that core together. Because you don't keep the Crosby, Malkin, Latang core together if you're not just friggin' going for it. And as we know, Ron doesn't like to really make those big, bold NHL moves. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And this is a big, bold NHL move. I mean, this is a huge move. Is it going to pay off for them? I don't think this is a cup-winning move for them. Does it move them... Closer, yes. I don't even. I don't think it puts them in the conversation for the division. I think that's just a team that is not that deep. Ultimately, they have amazing top level talent, and yeah, they're older, but they're still really freaking good. But it's not a team that I see competing, and I don't see them beating out New Jersey or Carolina for the division, or even New York. This is definitely them going for it. Um, I don't know if this puts them on like a, you know, Colorado Avalanche level or a Vegas Golden Knights level. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, the Penguins still like Crosby is still Crosby. Malkin is still Malkin. Latang is still Latang, and Carlson is still Carlson. And then when you add in the fact that, you know, Brian Rust isn't exactly, you know, a superstar player, but he has developed excellent chemistry with the core members of the penguins and he's around for a long time. Um, he's 31 and he has five years remaining at 5.125 million per year. That's all of that was that's a low key wild contract. Yeah. Everything you just said to me was shocking. To that's me. a wild contract for Brian Russ. If you had asked me, if you had asked me without give, you know, any of those details without me knowing that, you asked me how old Rust was and how many years he had left. I probably would have told you he was 28 and yeah. he probably had three years left. Finding right. out all of that, it just shook me to my core. Okay, here's a fun one. Guess Ricard Raquel's contract and age. 
Oh my god. So they just traded for him last year and they signed him to an extension? I believe they've had him. I thought they traded for him last year from the Ducks. Was it last was it last year? I think it might have been a couple. It might have even been the year before him. that, but I just remember Hextall had made the Okay, so yeah, it was the season before last. That's Yeah, it was at the trade deadline, yeah. Yeah, I I was thinking of it as this season for some reason. But I remember it was like one of the only significant moves Hextall made. I want to say that guy's 29 and he's got like four years. He is 30 years old and he has five years left. What? Like Brian Rust. He has five years left on his contract with a $5 million AAV. Oh, they're fucked. (laughs) And so that's the thing. That's the thing with this move is like, yeah, the, the Penguins are going for it right now, which by all means they should. Because you still have Crosby, who's still good. You still have Malkin, who's still good. You still have Latang, he's still good. All these guys are old corpses. They are decaying, decaying bodies, Steve. But they are still somehow good. <laughs> you you Eric know Carlson, sometimes, sometimes people will say like defensive corpse instead of core because they don't know that the C-O-R-P-S word is core. Yeah. Like when you say defensive funny. corpse, you actually mean it here. <laughs> Yeah, no, I literally mean these are corpses. These are zombie people. Um, the bodies so, at the floor. <laughs> yeah, but you still have all the core players who are still good. And then you add in the role, like the support players, like the Brian Russ, the Ricardo Cal. They have a nice addition in Riley Smith. Riley Smith was excellent in Vegas. Um, you bring in Lars Eller, who's like, you know, he's still a solid player. Um, but you look at this roster and it's so top heavy. Like, in the bottom six, you got, you know, Matt Nieto, Alexander Nylander, Drew O'Connor, Rem Pitlick, Noel Asari, um, and it's just, there's a lot to be desired here uh, from the the lower half of the Penguins' forward core. Um, And then also, they have very little draft capital, like, for a while. Like, so for example... The Penguins own, I believe, 11 draft picks over the next two drafts combined. Um, so just to put into perspective, the Nashville Predators owned 13 draft picks going into this draft alone. So wow, there's a, a bit of a difference. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but granted, the, the Predators are in a totally different situation. They're not going for it like the Penguins are. But the Penguins are absolutely banking on this team within the next two years going after it. Because, you know, you got Crosby. His contract ends after the 24-25 season. And they have gotten a sweetheart deal on Crosby. Like, that is... And this is going to be crude, but sorry, not sorry. That is every hockey fan's wet dream for one of their stars to come out and sign a deal like that so they can sign other free agents. The fact that Sidney Crosby who is undoubtedly one of the best players in the world and has been for his entire career, signed a deal that only had him making 8.7 million AAV is fucking bonkers. It's wild. It's wild. And now granted the cap was a little, the salary cap was a little bit different back then uh, when he signed that contract, but he could have signed 10 mil back then. and It would have been fair. He could have, he could have, he could have been making 12 and it would have been, nobody would have blinked because he was Sidney Crosby. It would have made sense. He's still like, if you went to a man on the street, any random person, you ask them to name a hockey player, a current hockey player, 
the odds that Sidney Crosby would be one of the guys they name are significant. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. Of yeah. course. But so you look at this team and I mean, long to after these next two years, let, let me just go down the list here. On, and I'm just looking at cap friendly, nothing crazy. And I'm just going to I'm just going to name I'm just going to say every the age of every player on this on this list, okay? 36, 37, 31, 30, 32, 38, 34, 31. Then we got a 26, 25, we have a 30-year-old again, a 25-year-old. And then on the back end we have 33 that's Eric Carlson, 36 that's Chris Letang. 33, that's Chad Ruedel. Um, But you get the picture. This is a very old team. Probably the oldest. I haven't, I don't care to Google, but like the, I'm no, willing to bet this, this is the oldest team in the NHL by far. I would have to, I would have to wager. Like and they're they're going to be on the ice with like walkers. Yes. And when this two-year window, because I'll give them two years, I'll give them, I'll give Crosby and Malkin and Latang another couple of years of being like still very, very, very good players. But after the 24-25 season, they have such little youth and such little depth in their prospect pool, and you have 10 million going to Eric Carlson until 2027. You have 27. You For have a six, reminder, you, folks. That's when Ilya Brizgalov finally stops picking up paychecks from the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes. You have 6.1 million going to Chris Letang until 2028. <laughs> and then also in 2028, you have Brian Rust making 5.125. And then Ricard Raquel making 5 million. I'm sitting in my chair like the Vince McMahon meme where. It's like things get increasingly more wild and Vince McMahon leans further and further back in his chair. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh my God. That's yeah. how I feel about hearing all these penguin contract numbers. Tristan Jari, he now granted he's a good goalie. Um, but I mean, is he I I wouldn't quite call him an elite goalie by any stretch. He is on the books f- until the end of twenty twenty eight. Um with an AAV of $5.375 million. So, like, they have a lot of money put into a lot of players for a long time. Ryan Graves, he's on the books for $4.5 million until 2029. So, they just have a lot of long-term contracts with, like, pretty high cap hits for players who aren't exactly franchise players. So, basically, what I'm trying to say here is, Yes, I think the Penguins have put themselves in a legitimate position to contend for a Stanley Cup within the next one, two, and I'll maybe even give them a third year. Why not? I'll give them a third year. <laughs> but when I they, when they, the re, the the regression is going to come soon, and when it comes, it is going to be dramatic. I have a great number, a great set of numbers here for you. Seventy-one. 53, 56, 52, 50, 82. You know what those are? What's that? Those are the regular season games played per season for Eric Carlson since 2017-18. My God, did the Sharks get ripped off in that deal. They didn't get shit from him until last year. Granted, 
Carlson's production when he was in still very, very good offensively. Uh, well, with the exception of 21, 20 or to 2021, he only put up 22 points in 52 games and 21, 22, 35 and 50, not amazing, but you know, still for the most part, pretty good offensive numbers. But the fact is not playing very many games out of the season, Eric Carlson, because he is noted for having some just horrific injury problems. And the fact that he played all 82, put up 101 points last year, really seems like a miracle considering that recent injury history. Well, I mean, and you look at all these guys on the Penguins now. Every single guy on the in this Penguins core, which now includes Eric Carlson, there is a lot of injury-prone players. I mean, they're all injury-prone. Look at Evgeny Malkin. I mean, how often does he play in 82 games? I think he played all 82 games this past season, and that never happens. Like, ever. Sidney Crosby, he rarely – like, he's always dealing with something. Um, Chris Letang, he just had a second stroke, Steve. God, Eric Carlson, I forget that like, he has actually had actual strokes. It's just terrible things that Letang has been dealing with. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing that he's still playing. It's 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 wild. And like a lot of these players on the Penguins roster have injury issues. And I mean, you look at you look down the roster and it's just like, Jesus, man, how how are they still playing at this age? And they're still good, which is the most incredible thing about it. But like, oh, they're still very good. And if through some just crazy happenstance, they can stay healthy they'll definitely be competitors. I yes. just would not bank on them staying healthy. I absolutely wouldn't. And even if they are healthy, I just don't see them beating out those top teams in the Metro. Like, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're better than the Islanders and the Capitals for sure. But I don't think they're better than the Rangers. I don't think they're better than the Devils or the Hurricanes by any means. And, you know, they might be better... Then if I'm looking over at the Atlantic, they're they're probably better than the current Bruins because the Bruins center death is shit now. It went yeah, from some rough. of the best in the NHL to just shit. Everyone's retiring in Boston. Yeah. And that's a shame. Like a like shame. what we're seeing what we're seeing in Boston right now, that's exactly where Pittsburgh is gonna be in a few years. When Crosby oh, yeah. retires, when Malkin retires, when Latang retires, like they're gonna start just dropping like flies in terms of like you know, their careers ending by like, hopefully due to retirement, not due to injury or anything like that. But it's going to be a glorious um, goddamn day. We have to throw a party at Broad Street Hockey when Crosby finally retires because it just dealing with. No, 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 no. You know, you know what we got to do? We have to throw a party congratulating Sidney Crosby for a good career. And then because then Flyers fans will be applauded much like they were when Lemieux came back after the cancer no. situation. No. And and I feel like I feel like Penguins fans hate that Flyers fans get that like kind of good pat on the back for their their gesture towards Lemieux that one night. I'll give Super Mario all of the credit and I definitely love that moment in Flyers history. That's great. There's not a chance in hell I am doing a champagne toast to Sidney Crosby on a great career. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> that ba- Those rat bastards almost moved to Kansas City, and he saved them. They lucked into it. The NHL gifted the Pittsburgh Penguins Sidney Crosby, and then we've been tortured by him for over a decade of my life. I will not applaud that man. I will not be sad to see him go. 
Do not go gentle into that good night. Just go quickly. You rehearsed that? I did not. That, I mean, that might that as well was, be. I can tell you. That just off the top of my head, the seething anger that I've had at Sidney Crosby over the past. How many years has he been in the league at this point? Since 2006, 2007? Long time. I believe it was 2005. Real fucking long time. It's almost 20 years by life. And I, I just can't take anymore. I just want him gone. Bye, bitch. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Great player. Certainly has harassed the Flyers for a One long of the time. all-time greats. No doubt about it. Unbelievable player. <laughs> unbelievable career. Bruce knows. And <laughs> I just... I don't want to hear about him anymore. I'm done. I'm over it. I just yeah. want him to go. Good day, sir. Soon enough, he, he doesn't have that much longer. Like, he does kind of strike me as a player who will play until he's like 41 or some shit. But, like, how good is he going to be when he's, like, really, like, actually old? You know what I mean? So, if we weren't just coming off of Tom Brady having the greatest post-40 career of any athlete in history, I would say... You know, he probably can't be that great. But Tom Brady was unbelievable until, like, last year. Yeah, that's true. You know, the the human growth hormone they make these days, allegedly, is pretty good. I love it. You should try it. Listen, on an NHL salary, I don't think Sidney Crosby can afford the same level of good good that Tom Brady was getting. (laughs) Probably not. That's a good point. And thankfully, Sidney Crosby isn't doing the same plastic surgery that tom brady's doing that's just stretching his face into just this like i'm still young hello fellow kids just yeah look of pain moral of the story here for the penguins is they're going for it and i think it does effectively put them in position to compete for a deep playoff run potentially if everything goes perfectly well i think they could be in position to make a nice little run i don't know I wouldn't say that they're a Stanley Cup favorite by any means, but I do think they are in position to make a nice run. And after maybe a couple of years of that, I think there is going to be a very hard crash to earth. Right. And I can't wait for that crash to earth. I, I just, I'm it's gonna be going wild. to buy popcorn stocks in the Philadelphia area in anticipation of that crash to earth because People are just going to be eating popcorn and watching and enjoying all over the place. We're watching the end of several eras right now. Like I know, like this isn't exactly the end of the Penguins era. They still have a couple years left to pro- to like more than likely can be competitive. But like the Penguins aren't far off from crashing to earth. At this point, the Capitals are. They don't even care about competing. They're just trying to get Ovechkin to the Gretzky record. So right. they're, free, they're, free they're slowly going down like that contract they gave to Tom Wilson. Wow. That is wild. So that was wild. I totally forgot about something to put on the sheet here. And that Tom Wilson contract was definitely that. And I just forgot about, it. I just remembered it. Yeah. Tom Wilson. I mean, he's basically, you know, crudely mentioned wet dreams earlier. And Tom Wilson is the wet dream of any, and every NHL GM because my God, he scores goals and he hits people and he fights people and he's big. Oh, baby. Don't get me wrong. Tom Wilson is, in fact, a good hockey player. He is. If oh, he's, disag- he's better than you'd think he would be. Yes. He actually scores goals and he contributes offensively. Like, he's a good player. Um, the problem is, is he's going to be 
under contract with the Capitals until 2031, Steve. The way he plays, the way he plays, and what insane, bizarro world do the Capitals brass think that he's going to still be alive by 2031 based on the way he plays? He's going to be ha- he's he's going to be cut in half perfectly because just of how like remember that scene like like in, a magician's trick? Yeah, remember that scene in not another teen movie where that football player catches the ball and then two guys like tackle him from both directions and he just gets split in half? Like that's what Tom Wilson's going to be. He's going to be a pair of legs and a torso. And <laughs> it's like how do you expect that to put on skates, Steve? It's just, there's no possible way. And he's going to be ejected from the league on a technicality, and you hate to see it. It's it's just, I, I understand why they gave him the contract, because right now, they like he's the youngest core player they have. Like, look at, look at their core players. They have Ovechkin, he's 37. Wow. They have Nicholas Backstrom, he's 35. They have Evgeny Kuznetsov. There's rumors of him being traded. They know, He's not going to be the long-term guy. TJ Oshie's 36. Anthony Mantha, he's not sticking around long term. Uh, Dylan Strom, Sonny Milano, Nick Dowd, NAK, um, John Carlson, oh, NAK, John KGB Car- rejoice. John Carlson has arrived. John Carlson is thirty three years old. Uh, Darcy Kemper, their goalie, is thirty three, and he isn't even that good. And he's sticking around till twenty twenty seven. They don't have like a long like he's the youngest potential cornerstone player they have who they can say reasonably, yes, this is like the guy on our team. So they just picked Tom Wilson and they gave him this insane contract that ends in twenty thirty one and it's per, for six six point five million annually, which granted like it could have been worse. The it could have been the worse, AAV like, could have been worse, but the term is so bad. That's and that and, six five is going to look really bad in a couple of years. Like that's one that won't bother them for the first like two years or so. That's yeah. going to be real rough in the later years. It's going to be terrible. Like <laughs> you hate to see it. You it's really hate be to so see bad. it. Oh man. Oh, things suddenly feel good in the hockey world. What's this feeling I'm feeling? Like oh. what we're see- what we're seeing right now is it well, and then I forgot to mention the other kind of downfall of a team is the Bruins. Like we were talking earlier about the Whoa, Bruins like what a shame. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. The Caps, Bruins and Flyers are all or, uh Dude, v- Vince McMahon is on the floor right now, okay? He's not even in the chair. The Caps, Bruins and Penguins are all like kind of beginning to crash down to earth at roughly the same kind of time frame. Um, the and, like we're, we're already seeing it with, with the Capitals and the Bruins. And now we're just kind of waiting for the, for age and time to catch up with the Penguins cornerstone players. This is great. And I freaking love it. The only problem here is that the devils are on the rise and they're in the position to kind of dominate this division. Right. For, yeah. Maybe the next seven years. Well, honestly, I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing the windows opening. We're seeing the devil, like we're seeing a shift here. We're seeing teams that were bad for a long time in this division all of a sudden become the good teams. Like the Rangers were terrible. The Devils were terrible. Now they are kind of like two of the top dogs. The the Hurricanes, I remember they were bad for a long time. And now they are arguably the best team in the con or not the conference, the, um, the division. And now you're just, you look at that and you kind of say like, Oh, okay. Well, like when, when the flyers in a few years get their guys, 
it will be their turn then. You know what I mean? So like we're, we're seeing the shift happen now and like eventually the Flyers will catch up and they'll be one of the better teams in the division. So that that's kind of what's happening here. And it's, it's, it's fun to see happen kind of in slow motion and in real time. You know, as they say, families are always rising and falling. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. They are. A quick question on the Penguins then. So I don't think they're in contention with this move. I think it definitely makes them better. I don't think it makes them Stanley Cup contenders. If you are Kyle Dubas right now, what area are you looking at that can possibly put the Penguins to that next level that can make them Cup contenders? Like, where's the big upgrade you see in that roster? I mean, like, what further additions can they make? Yeah, because I would think they need they would need at least one more decent sized piece. Like, is it goaltending? Is it the wing? Their wingers are probably their weakest part. Well, they have some well, solid keep, guys, but they don't have any like studs. Well, keep in mind, Jake Gensel is coming back. That's so true. They, st- and G- they still have is, Gensel. Unfortunately, I don't want to admit this, but Gensel is kind of a stud. He's really good, and he's great with Crosby in particular. He is, but let me ask you this. With all this money tied up in these old people, Carlson, Crosby, Malkin, uh, Latang, Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, Jake Gensel becomes a UFA next season. Are they gonna, the like, how, they, how are they him. paying him? Like, right. what, they are going to have to – Kyle Dubas will have to do absolute incredible Simone Biles-style cap gymnastics <laughs> to make this fit. Like, Gensel might not be on the Penguins for much longer. Now, is it possible that they could get him back and that he could pull off those cap gymnastics? Yeah, he could. But is it likely? I wouldn't. I mean, how? I don't know. There's how, a, there's I mean, so much money tied up in, in a lot of key players. They're going to have to move a lot of players and make some significant changes if they have any hope of keeping Jake Gensel around. Gensel's 28. He turns 29 in October. And that's a guy who can put up goals and he's only making six mil a season. So he's definitely going to get paid by somebody. His birthday is the day before mine. That's cool. Oh, wow. So his, his birthday is the day before yours. And it's a couple days before Emily's. So there you go. All uh, I am ducks in a row I, right there. I am 364 days older than Jake Gensel. Oh, wow. Fun fact there. Wow. Can, are wow. you going to get a contract for eight mil a season next year? I would love that, Steve. I would love that too. That'd be nice. I would love that. <laughs> I would spend so much money on top tier recording equipment for this podcast. Is that what you do? Is that what your first thing? Uh, legitimately, if I won the lottery, that's legit one of the first things I would do. Oh, wow. I'm impressed. I, what would I? I would not quit work if I won the lottery. Oh, I would quit work. Well, let me, let me rephrase this to me isn't work. This is fun and I enjoy it. Oh, I agree. I agree. I wouldn't quit th- this shit. I would just amp up and I'd do every day. I would quit the day job in a heartbeat. And I w- my first thing would be pay off the house and then, yeah. And any remaining debt basically. But from there, what's the fun thing I would buy with like, I guess a vacation home I would buy if I, yeah. So get a vacation home and yeah. Airbnb it or Airbnb it. Because then that brings you a steady flow of, of, or a steady like cash flow coming in, you know, and you don't have to lift a goddamn finger. 
you know? You're, you're thinking about all the revenue. I'm just trying to think of fun shit to do. Like, I don't want to buy a boat. That seems like too much upkeep. I don't want to no, do that shit. Yeah. Oh, well, you could buy a boat and then just pay someone to take care of it for you. Yeah, I don't want to pay that. I'm, I'm, I'm too cheap for that. Yeah. That ain't happening. <laughs> I, I'll rent a boat every now and then with my, my millions that I win from this lottery that I never even play. Yeah, no, I never. I'm not a lottery player. No, I'm not either. You're going to lose. Yeah. I've entered... And someone's like, yeah, until you win. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I think the last time I bought a lottery ticket was Emily and I, before we moved, we emptied out our change jar. And I think we had like 70 bucks in there or something. You know what? We were like, we were already in Acme. And we were like, you know what? Let's spend five bucks on a lottery ticket out of this free money, basically, that we had just lying around. And like occasions like that, I'll do it. We used to have at my old job on Fridays, we would do this thing called the Dalahala, where everybody would throw a buck in this like plastic Halloween pumpkin. And you would write your name on the buck you would throw in. And if they drew your buck, then you won all the money in the pumpkin. I love that. It was a lot of fun. I miss that. It is fun in an office on Fridays anymore, thankfully, which is much better, but I did enjoy that. There was some good camaraderie. I won a couple times and it was, it's always a thrill when you win, even if you win like 18 bucks. I one time did a Super Bowl squares because my dad, this is how much of a fucking bastard, cheap bastard he is. I remember, I can't remember what Super Bowl it was, but it was, uh, he had Super Bowl squares going on at his work. And he's like, Hey, do you want me to put your like, you know, name down where like we need some extra people and i was like yeah i'll do it and so i ended up winning um damn and i, th- you can I clean think up I, on some of those square pools too i know and i think i ended up winning like 200 dollars or something like that yeah, yeah like a good amount and my dad sneaky son of a bitch is like you won but i'm keeping half because you wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for oh, me i'm like you son of a bitch the fuck out of here you can't do that shit you could say Maybe give me a little bit of a tip or something, you know, but that's yeah, not I'll, your dad. I'll, listen, I'll, I'll give him like, shit. I'll give him like 20 bucks. Sure. But like, but like not half. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I told you about it. So I get half and I'm like, and then he went ahead and spent it all on goddamn Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah. That's outrageous to me because it's Pepsi. Well, uh, pr- probably not on, probably not, not actually, but like he's, he drinks a shitload of Pepsi. And one thing I'll say See, is I, I, I I, I don't me and my brother pissed him Pepsi off in the soda wars. Me and my brother pissed him off one day because uh, we told him that um, yeah, science has proven, according to polls, that if you drink Pepsi, you're a Democrat. And if you drink Coke, you're a conservative. <laughs> and he drinks a ton of Pepsi. And so he got like mad at us because we kept like bugging him about it. And he was like, stop it. That's not true. And we were just like, yeah, according to science, it is. The, because and the then blue he, and red cans. Because the blue cans, yeah. And Steve, I'm no bullshit. He drinks specifically Coke now. Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> that's so weird. It's so fucking funny. Like, because, like, that's clearly you just bullshitting. Like, that's... that's we were just bu- we were just taunting him and just, like, giving him ridiculous. shit. That's ridiculous. And he took it to heart. Now he doesn't... Apparently, I haven't seen him drink Pepsi in years. Apparently, I've been a huge conservative for years by that logic there. <laughs> yeah. No, known conservative, Steve. I, not that there's sure. anything... Say, not that there's anything wrong with that, Steve. I know you love Tucker Carlson. Um, yeah. Yeah, so much. I love the direction that Twitter's taken. It's, yeah, it's oh, wonderful. I'm sure you do. 
Yeah. It's, it, it's, oh my different God. strokes see, for different folks. As have they you say. seen on the Twitter front? Have you seen the new ad format for like sponsored like ad tweets that they throw in? Yeah, it's weird. Not a fan. Yeah, well, because I thought I was following some jabroni earlier. I did and too. I looked and I was like, what is this shit? And I looked to see if I was following this person. I wasn't. And then it's just a very teeny tiny in the upper right hand corner. It says ad. Yeah. I'm like, this is some bullshit. Oh, I very hate dumb. it. It's, it's bad. Yeah. It's terrible. It's really bad. It's really freaking bad. You know what else was bad? Martin Jones. Oh, solid segue. Thank he you. Was, he was. He, 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 he had his time. He had his time in San, in San Jose. He had his time but, in San Jose. And yeah. you know what? He was mildly better than expected for your Philadelphia hockey flyers when he was here. Uh, as per your stats here, he had a 12, 18 and three record, a three, four, two GAA. Mind you, he played a, a, behind one of the worst defenses, just a terrible, awful, awful defense. Yeah. And he had a 900 save percentage. That's frankly kind of impressive. It's a miracle. Considering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a rarity for the flyers these days to have somebody with a 900 save percentage. Yeah. Well, He's now signed with the Maple Leaves, Ooh, I believe. The Leaves. The Toronto Leaves. Yeah, I think so, you should Leaves. Yes, I think you should Maple Leaves. So, uh, yeah. So, good for him. Glad good he's got him. An, he he's on another team. He'll be. He'll probably compete for a starting job. <laughs> Who knows? Jeez. With the, the, the That Maple Leafs goalie situation is just... It, Samsonov, he played well at times, but good God, you can never tell with him. So who knows what's going to happen? Martin you Jones will tell get with some. Him that, uh, one of the most bizarre off seasons for a team, and they just did so much to get tougher. And uh, who knows how it's going to work out? I mean, they still have most of their best offensive weapons at the top with Matthews, Marner, and Tavares and Nylander, but I don't know. They did some gritty moves, and I'll, I'll say this. I do think it's interesting that teams that get Ryan Reeves typically end up being good. Like he's a great if, locker room guy. He yeah, is... he's a really good locker room guy. Like if you look at all the teams that he's been on, like Vegas, when they when Vegas got him, they went to um, they went to the Stanley Cup final. As soon as they got him, they made a run to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season. After Vegas, he was there for a while, and they made the playoffs every single year that he was there. Then he goes to New York. The Rangers become very good during his time there. Uh, where did he go? He went to the Penguins before Vegas, and he, obviously the Penguins were the Penguins. Um, the Blues at the time, I believe, were good when he played for the Blues. And now he is going to Toronto. And Oh, well, he also went to Minnesota. And the, the Wild were good last season. So, yeah, so now Ryan Reeves is going to Toronto, and they're going to be good, and he's going to play the same role he's played his whole career and be a good locker room guy, and his team is going to fall short of winning the Stanley Cup again. So good for the Leafs. <laughs> good for the Leafs. I guess we'll see what they're going to do, but I, I don't know about this direction they've taken. But then again, all the hockey men are going to be like pigs and shit if it works out because it's like, oh, yeah. take your advanced stats and shove them, nerds. Yeah, I mean. There are less and less Ryan Reeves like players in the NHL now. He's he's truly one of the last like actual enforcers. So like Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well thankfully the Flyers have one of the other true enforcers and Nick Delorier. <laughs> Thank goodness. We need someone to start throwing some knuckles, Steve. You need some grit, you need some heart, you need some shitty beards, and D is here for all of that. 
Uh, Steve, before we go, because we're actually, we've some, by some miracle, we are an over almost an hour and 10 minutes into this. We've worked that thing. hyperbole magic and we, we have penguins for half the time. We did. I wanted to ask you before we log off here. Um, if you order food and you're having it delivered, whether it's Grubhub, Uber Eats, whatever it is, or just like just the delivery driver, if it, if the food hasn't been delivered at the time that it's at, it's like estimated delivery time. How long do you wait until you call? Ooh, that is a good question. It really depends on a number of factors here. Like if it's an app where you've got like GPS and shit, like, and it's, I would say if it's like a half hour overdue, I think that's definitely a good time for a call. Okay. Maybe like five minutes is too, too soon. 15 minutes, probably a safe time. I'd say a half hour is a hundred percent kosher. Typically I'll wait about 30 minutes. Like it, regardless of if it's, you know, if they don't have GPS tracking, I'm just like, all right, they're probably busy. Yeah. Especially like, it depends on the time of day. Like if you call like a pizza place on a Friday night yeah. and they're a little late. Yeah. Because they're slammed. Cause everybody in the world orders pizza on Friday night. Once the 30 minute mark comes after the estimated time of delivery, then I'll be like, all right, I'm going to give them a call. Yeah. But, I think 30 minutes is perfectly fair. And I would even say 15 minutes is fair, but like 30 is definitely like you're in the clear. You are justified right. for calling at that point. Yeah. So my girlfriend the other night, hers was, her delivery was like two minutes after the estimated delivery time. And she was like ready to call immediately. And I was just like, well, yo, maybe, maybe chill a couple seconds. Like she was ready to make heads roll. And I'm like, it, now granted she was hangry. I, oh, sure. I get it. I, I get that. I get that. 100%. I get being hangry. I sure do. I'm hangry but, most of the time. My goodness, you got to give them a little time to breathe. And Just right as she bit. was about to call, literally, she was about to call, and she's like, "Oh wait, never mind, they're here." <laughs> so it's like, give I feel them like a most, second. Most social situations call for like a five to ten minute like uh, padding time anyway. So yeah. you know, delivery. Who knows what factors you're running into? Whether somebody took too long to answer the door or what? You know, like there's a million things that can happen. So yeah, I think like. After the 15 minute mark, it's kind of like a college professor doesn't show up. Then yeah, you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it, Steve. I think we guess that'll do it. We've done it. We've done it. We've bullshitted our way through another August episode of Flight Purpley. And I'm very proud to have done it. And I had a lot of fun along the way. So thank you for that, Quicks. If people want to reach us for feedback, unfortunately, it's still be- the, still the best place to reach us is the site formerly known as twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk.blah.blah.blah. It's now and, X. And OnlyFans. And OnlyFans. Hey, listen, we got to make money somehow. And OnlyFans is the best place to find Quigs and me for yeah. all of your flyers. <laughs> listen, the, these, these gas prices ain't going down anytime soon. We got to make, make ends meet somehow. Quigs, where can people find you on the old X site over there? OnlyFans. Um, you can find me. You can you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quigs with a Z. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Anything to plug for the hockey news or BroadStreetHockey.com? I uh, got a fun story coming out probably next week because this week has been very busy. Um, but got a story coming out next week about Flyers players who may. 
uh, be due for an increased role. So that'll be fun. Like that. Um, I'm into that. And that will be for Broad Street Hockey. Excellent. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I got a few things coming up for the hockey news. That'll be pretty fun. Um, and uh, writing something about Flyers charities that I think will be pretty interesting. So keep an eye out for that, for the hockey news. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's it. Love it. Love it. Be sure to check all that out. It's Ryan Quiggs with a Z over there. You can follow me at FlyPurbly or at Estebaum if it's for hockey purposes. Make it FlyPurbly. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow BSH Radio. FlyPurbly also can be found on TikTok and Instagram. So be sure to follow us over there. And folks, that's all we got. Remember that this podcast has been brought to you by the wonderful people over at Bet Online. Be sure to check them out. So thanks so much to Bet Online for sponsoring this show. And folks, until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Go Phils. Go Phils. Go fuck Sid. Oh, wow. I had nothing tonight. I had nothing. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stro showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.